Good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to this week's episode of Comcast, uh, in which we're going to be looking at um, the excerpt from the Prelude from WJC Anthology. Um, so straight away, then, who wants to dig into the, the, the concept that the Prelude is and the whole purpose of it in the, the title? Well, um, I think in this poem, um, this autobiographical poem, it's an excerpt from one of his 14 other books that he wrote, um, expressing his feelings. Um, in this one, he expresses his feelings about nature and his awe for nature. And, and he uses that to describe a childhood experience of skating on the ice with friends. And he, he does this in a way that expresses his, you know, his sense of freedom, his sense of excitement being with nature. And um, he begins that right at the very beginning when he talks um, how he heeded not the summons, the happy time. It was indeed for all of us, all those Azuras there to kind of break up and make us think about his thought process, uh, how it was a time of rapture. I mean, that vocabulary is so explicit to, to kind of express this romantic ideal of being free-spirited and wild and at one with nature. Mm. Well, and he compares himself to, to a horse, mm. which is the simile like an untired horse mm. that cares not for his home. You know, Wordsworth is absolutely, it's about the thrill of being young mm. and mm. having fun. And it's such a joyous poem. Um, you know, he captures a moment, and it is literally a moment, ice skating with friends, like one yeah. one afternoon or one evening, he captures a moment, but in that moment, he captures a whole mood of just vibrant, fun, so freedom, energy. so much energy, so much passion, mm. and all of that communicated through nature. You know, he, he is, Wordsworth was a romantic poet, and, you know, that, that coupling of nature and childhood sort of go hand in hand, where he sort of, is surrounded by nature, embraced by nature, reassured, but yet feels so carefree. Yeah, it's a lovely poem. It's a fantastic poem, and I think you know his. Um, he had, a, despite losing his parents at a very young age, he did enjoy his childhood by and large, and mostly he spent his time outside, uh, yeah. sort of tearing around the Lake District. So he's from um, a place called Cockermouth in the Lake District. Uh, where he would, um, you know, very sort of pastoral setting, uh, lovely lakes and rivers and, and hills. But that didn't he, he have around. quite a tense relationship with his grandparents or something? Yeah, he did. He had quite a sort of, it was quite sort of um, strict, I think, his, right. his childhood. Which can kind of perhaps explain his, you know, his love of outside and the freedom from that strict sort of rigid home life that, yeah. that he might have been Hence, experiencing. I heeded not the summons. Absolutely. Um, you know, a quotation on, I'm not sure which line. But it's, I think it's uh, line, four. line four. But it's such yeah. a universal image. How many times have you, or maybe because I'm of an older generation, been playing out and your mum's like, come on, come in for tea. Mm. You know, it's such a universal image of wanting to be outside, mm. wanting to be playing with your friends. And he taps into that childhood ideal that is just resonates with so many of us even mm. now in the 21st century um and it's it is it, it, absolutely and i i really enjoy the fact that as mrs mustafa said it's, it's, it's autobiographical but it's almost like wordsworth been given the gift of sort of looking back at that moment now he's a you know when he was a, a, a an adult writing this mm. actually being able to fully see and hear and relive that moment of just sheer mm. joy. And it is, it is just that, and a flicker of a moment. And I think, you know, the fact that it starts with 
and in the frosty season you know it's almost it's in the middle of something it's a, a very small moment mm -hmm. in time and I think in that way Wordsworth along with many other romantic poets encourages us as readers to sort of take moments like this and think yeah. oh yeah that was a nice moment you know nostalgically reflecting on, on a, just a snapshot just before dinner time, yeah. you know, the village clock told six, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a lovely image. Mm. Lovely. Yeah, I think he absolutely does that, especially when he starts using language to take us on his journey, mm. when he describes mm. the sounds of yeah. the ice skates, we hissed along the polished ice lovely in games, yeah. 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 It's so, so you, you can actually see and hear and feel what he does, and he wants us to feel that experience emotionally and visually. Mm. So it's a very yep. ex exciting moment, although, you know, it, it, skating on ice might be not everyone's kind of experience. But isn't that the beauty as well, find, finding something extraordinary yeah. in what for him would have been yeah. a, a, a common occurrence ordinary. of, oh, yeah, the ordinary, exactly, ice skating on, on a frozen lake for him at that time would have been, you, know, you say ordinary, but yet he, he elevates it to something romantic, <clears throat> he yeah. elevates it to something almost... I don't know, divine. Yeah. yeah, and what's I think really important in this poem as well is the fact that as he grew older, the industrial revolution and, and yeah. technology began to really accelerate and 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 build momentum. Yeah. And his sort of anthropomorphosis of the of himself as a young uh, boy, you know, making him and his friends seem like you know a pack, yeah, the, like the animal, animals. Yeah. It re-establishes that connection, and it makes us think, okay, yeah, so we are at one. There is an element of oneness with. Uh, the animal kingdom and our own, and, and that is a large part of the romantic ideology. Absolutely, and very quietly turning us away from the Industrial mm. Revolution, sort of turning our back on, the, on that modern era that was just creeping into the edges, wasn't it, at that yeah. stage? And he, and he reminds us of the freedom of nature, the, the, you know, the harmony, everything is in its place, everything fits together beautifully, the sound, the image, the environment, his friends. And what I really like about his poem is the fact that he starts off with his friends and the pack, but yet mm. by the end, he's he's on his own. Mm. He's kind of shed all of that, and it's that kind of capturing and crystallising that one pure moment. You know, he's left everything else behind. He's just It's just that emotional, just playing and fun and enjoyment yeah. and it but it's so deep and meaningful really to him meaningful. that he brings it back in the prelude mm. you know that he writes the whole poem about what well, or uses it as part mm. of, of that poem well he switches us immediately from line 16 when he says meanwhile yeah when he plays in that volta and he says you know this is how I, I was, this is what I thought, you know, that kind of secure village life where the twilight yep. blazed and the village clock told six and I was wheeling around and then suddenly mm, reality, reality kicks in that, mm. you know, there is something greater out there. The power of nature is not just for pleasure. No. There is something greater in nature and in life as a whole. There's something dark about that final mm. um, sort of sestet there. You've got the leafless trees and the icy crag. Is it dark or is it like you said, like is it just the the reality mm. of life that yeah. of just sort of becoming older because he knows what life holds for him he's writing yeah. this as a grown-up you know he knows where his path will go more or less is it that sense of yes this was a wonderful kind of moment of of my childhood and the innocence but yet what awaits maybe that's yeah. that ending i don't know but no i, th I think definitely i think it's, it's it's interpretive isn't it I, I believe that like the end section uh, while, yeah, it is sort of, you know, oh, reality is this, I think his sort of dissatisfaction with reality comes through because yeah. of the sort of negative connotation of, like, leafless trees, icy mm -hmm. crag. Yes. The idea of iron has always interested me in this poem. 
because mm. it's one of the only, obviously, other than the ice skates, it's the only reference to something modern. And this sort of iron embodying perhaps that, the industrial sort of uh, concept. For me, this this whole last section feels like, you know, this little tiny microcosm of the of the Lake District where life was perfect mm. and, and natural uh, is, is completely separate from the modern world of, of yes, iron. Yes, it's a bubble. Yeah, well, it's alien to him. I think that's what it is, and it's, I think he's pointing out that uh, it's something that every human has to go through at some point. When you leave your childhood behind mm. and you take on the adult responsibilities, yeah. you know, it's something that it's not in, as instantaneous as what it's presented in this poem, but it's an experience that the transition of it is very strong and very, mm. you know, difficult, and that you look back at your childhood if you're able to, with some nostalgia. Mm. And he takes us on this journey through nature because that's where, where he was brought up. Yeah. You know, as opposed to London, where mm. Blake describes the yeah. impact of the Industrial Revolution on people. This one shows the beauty of nature and growing up with, surrounded by the beauty of nature. There is a flavour of melancholy to it, though. I think, you know, when we have the sort of final yeah. section and he sort of says, yeah, you know, and it's the idea of time, I think that that Absolutely. is delivered through. Because when, like like as you said there, Miss, the instantaneous nature of the alien sound implying that suddenly you're an adult, you know, we, we've all experienced that, it happens very quickly, it creeps up on you and then suddenly you're, you know, 27. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but no, uh, the, I think it's, it's crucial to think about the, the contrast in this poem because the, the nostalgic, happiness as a child, mm. I feel, is quite contrasted at elements yeah. through the poem. And I think you're right, I think that the idea of time passing, of almost pausing time for a moment, but then, re, you know, acknowledging that yeah. it must, it's inevitable, you can't stop it, and then the tinkled like iron, the alien sound, you know, for me, the way I see that, it is that, that draw, that pull of time, mm. of adulthood, of responsibility, of a changing world. It's all of this kind of wheel starting mm. to turn again. Mm. Um, and I actually, I'm, and I think it's right, I think Wordsworth doesn't, you know, he could have ended the poem in that very positive kind of, you know, got down to line 15 and, and that kind of might have been it. But yet he adds that in there. I think that's what I like about Wordsworth. He doesn't shy away from the dark, yeah. he has the light. But then he adds that in and it, to some degree it makes it even more believable mm. and, and, and deeper the fact that he acknowledges the leafless trees, the distant yeah. hills um, and still has and that beautiful image of the orange sky of evening mm. died away. It's a beautiful quotation, isn't it? It's, it's lovely. But he does it on his own. Yes. He's not with the pack no, at this point. Exactly. He's mm. in isolation, or, mm. you know, almost kind of, that makes it more daunting, more frightening. And it's interesting why... Or you... makes him more courageous. Indeed. Mm. Perhaps. Maybe. That's what makes him, yes. That he faces it on his own as such. He, he sheds the pack mm. and mm. becomes an individual. And that's maybe what that's he's suggesting everyone yeah. has to do at the and, end. And, and isn't that part of the romantic ideal, the individual's mm. relationship with the world around them? Absolutely. Mm. Whether it be the modern world, the natural world, but a connection to the world around you, mm. foremost naturally, but maybe him sort of doing that on his own is that essence of taking that first step into the transition. Well, that's what happens. Everyone has to make those decisions on yeah. their exactly. own, really, don't they? Because, you know, that's the way life is. You have to move from one thing to another mm. and make those connections yourself. 
but it's a very powerful poem. Extremely. And, and that's what's interesting about Wordsworth. That's kind of that, that skill that we've already mentioned. It, it's just an ordinary afternoon that yeah. was meaningful to him, you know, yeah. but yet he makes it so powerful. He charges it with so much energy and life. All of those verbs that he chooses to use, the sound, the kind of, you know, the, the all of that natural imagery, the resounding horn, the hunted hair, the bellowing, you know, and through the darkness and the cold we flew. It's Love just movement, yeah. movement, yeah. movement all the time. Mm. Energy, energy, energy all of the time. And I think his, his language choices and imagery just lifts. And it's one of the poems, I think, in the whole anthology that, that comes off the page. Definitely. It has a life of its own. Very evocative poem. It is. As you said, all that power in the middle, and then, yeah. and then it was almost as if he's standing still in that in those last few lines, almost just standing, yes. not moving. Yes, yes, definitely. Mm. Just you know, looking and absorbing and thinking, and you can almost you know sense his reflection and his kind of. Disillusion. I think that's right. Though. I think mm. there is that. I think you've hit something there with that sense of pace and movement mm. up until line 16 and then you do get that sense of standing still mm. of you absorbing do. and reflecting mm. because it sort of takes you away from the scene doesn't it you, yeah. you have yeah. the the sort of the pack the din the hissing along the polished ice and then we sort of almost pan out don't we and we can hear the you know the precipices ring aloud and mm. the leafless yeah trees. there is that sense of you go from kind of the, the detail to the much sort of panning out that yeah. bigger broader yeah. scene from close up to whole kinds of you know panoramic panoramic view, view yeah. of life yeah and, and it nature. feels and that I think emphasizes the distance between humans and nature in the time in which he was writing and I think what he says in in the final you know seven lines or whatever it is that there is now such a disjunct between nature and humanity and that's, I think, the mm. comment that he's making there. And 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 I think and, and mm. that sense of sort of slowing down and dimming. Mm. You mm. know, we go from the beginning where the cottage windows, the sort of the twilight, blazed to the end where the evening died Fading. away. Yeah. It just that kind of just slowing down, that mm. dimming, that just, but in a really peaceful way, not in it a sort of deathly way. I don't mm. think it's it's much more about perhaps just absorbing and and savoring mm. the moment. And you can imagine him standing there, looking at all the all the kind of you know the Lake District, all the kind oh, of yeah. uh, you know scenic you know mountains and hills around him, and feeling quite insignificant, and feeling mm. you know how humans are not as great as nature, mm. especially Absolutely. you know in the sense that the, we are be, you know they were beginning to think that they were powerful, taking with the Industrial Revolution yeah. and, the, yeah. and the Empire and all those things moving on. You know, he suddenly realised that at that point humans are insignificant compared yeah. to nature. Small. Absolutely, but yet he never loses that appreciation for no, nature. Never. You know, that's that's always there. That kind of awareness. You could, you know, you you could be forgiven for for beginning to ignore the trees. Mm. The you know, if you if you were in that particular environment for for a long time, but he never loses his appreciation no. for that and the beauty of that and and the power of it. And I think that is kind of supreme this absolute mm. power of nature definitely and and the power that symbiosis between man and nature can yeah. create so the harmony between uh, all life i think is the crux of what he's trying to convey if you stop to see it exactly mm. if you engage with it exactly your, which is what he did part. that's which it. Is what he did and 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 then when you do that all of the pieces of the puzzle come together mm. to create this kind of moment of of power and awe and all of those things but yeah it is that kind of like say symbiosis mm. so if we were to choose our 
three quotations. I think this is one of the hardest ones to it do is. so because it's all useful. Mm. Um, I'm going to go for so through the darkness and the cold we flew. I I just love that the freedom of it, but I I love the fact that it's not twinkly and it's not bright and light. It's darkness and cold. You know the the idea that those things are sort of chasing up on him, um, but yet they, you know, he's through it, he's flying through it. And I love that sense of bold freedom and just movement. Mm. I really enjoy that sense of movement that Wordsworth creates. Mm. Mm. Well, I'm going to go for the beginning and the end because I like the way he sets the scene when he starts the poem and in the frosty season when the sun was set. So he sets that scene immediately, kind of, you know, the sunset, you can imagine an orange sky, and then he ends it with the idea of the orange sky of evening, how it died away. So he begins with that and takes us on this journey of his, of his you know, uh, naive, if you like, experience of being with a pack and playing and being free, and then ending with that experience kind of... Um, being put into a different context, being perhaps yeah. put into um, a realisation of himself, showing an mm. awareness of changing himself and his view of the world and the way the sky dies away, I think suggests that and a sense of innocence and naivety is also dying at that point. And he's almost regretting it. I think he's almost yeah. wishing he still could hold on to it. Oh, definitely. Yeah, because obviously if orange symbolises passion and, mm. and energy in life, I think we see the fact that that died away is is there is an element of melancholy there mm, definitely yeah i think if i were to choose one quotation from this i think i'd probably have to go with like an untired i knew horse. you were going to choose that one if i could have put money on that i just <laughs> i just think it symbolizes the whole sort it of does. strength yeah. and youthful energy and, and joie de vivre that he had as a child and that all the romantics sort of had by and large uh, you know this sort of engagement with nature this this as I said that anthropomorphic sort mm. of we and animals together yeah. I think it just embodies the whole concept like an untied horse the sim untied horse sorry the the simile there giving giving him energy as a child it is I think, I think you're right I think it's definitely kind grace. of like, it, at the crux of it all this kind of absolute wheeling mm. Mm energetic Euphoria, yeah. Uh, yeah untamed all of those things yeah. wild but yet really something quite beautiful mm. about it innocent and noble at the same time yeah, yeah incredibly graceful and free mm. and i think powerful very all of those untouched things. really yeah, yeah anything complete and untouchable mm. yeah lovely on that, note. on that note i think we will draw this to a close so um thanks very much for tuning in everyone we will um Drop by next week for next, for the, uh, for next week's uh, edition. Edition, I don't know. We'll see you then. See, see you then. then. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.